I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This episode of How to Be Sound is brought to you by Shoppa Ella, a designer consignment store with not one, not two, but four locations in Dublin and an online shop at shoppaella.com. They sell lightly worn pre-loved designer and high street clothing and accessories, as well as their own range of carefully chosen bits and pieces under their Shuppa Edit and Shuppa Home labels. And to celebrate our little partnership, Shuppa Ella is offering 15% off all Shuppa Edit and Shuppa Home items when you enter the code ROSEMARY, all lowercase, at checkout. This discount is not valid on the pre-loved designer gear because that stuff is already heavily discounted. So you'll get Chanel, Gucci, Louis Vuitton and more all guaranteed authentic by the crack team at Shuppa Ella for a fraction of what you pay for them brand new. Check them out at shuppaella.com. That's S-I-O-P-A-E-L-L-A dot com now and enter the code ROSEMARY lowercase for 15% off the Shuppa Edit and Shuppa Home ranges until September 31st, 2018. Hello and welcome to another exciting episode of How To Be Sound, the culture and lifestyle podcast where I interview people who seem to be doing life better than I am and I try to glean some tips along the way. If you like the podcast and would like to support the work that goes into it, please consider signing up to pay as little as $1 a month at 79 cents on patreon.com slash Rosemary McCabe with an A in my Mac. Makes a big difference, not just in terms of the fact that myself and my producer get paid for the podcast, but also because it makes me feel like not everyone on the internet thinks I'm an asshole when sometimes that's not so clear. On which note, I should mention the How To Be Signed book club. All patrons, meaning anyone who pays from a dollar a month, gets to be part of my monthly book club. This month's book is Gillian Flynn's Sharp Objects, which I devoured in less than 24 hours, and I'll be holding a live book club meetup at the end of September. It'll be free to attend, it'll be fun, we'll all get to talk about what we thought of the book and hopefully meet some like-minded, sound humans in the process. So you can see more details of that also on patreon.com slash rosemarymccabe. Without further ado, the latest guest on How To Be Sound, the newest guest, the shiniest guest, is Anna Shields McNamee. Am I pronouncing that right? Yes. Whose two-person play, My Dad's Blind, is debuting at this year's Dublin Fringe Festival. Anna, thank you for coming to give me your tips on How To Be Sound. Thank you for having me here. You are so welcome. (laughs) Tell me about the play, I guess, kind of starting off with why you're here. Yes. I mean, it's obvious how the idea came to you from the title, unless you were lying and didn't have a blind dad. But when did you decide (laughs) to turn your experiences into a play? Um, I just thought that maybe writing about blindness might sell some tickets. Like, I'd like to say it was a deeper reason. (laughs) But I kind of thought, yeah, maybe people want to know about that. And uh, then it sort of evolved to a place of... um, wanting to kind of challenge people's perceptions as in people have a kind of a habit a habit of infantilizing people with disability mm-hmm. um so I really wanted to challenge that because a lot of the time when I was like maybe like 14 people would be like oh your dad your dad's amazing and I was like did not get it because he's like he really is run of the mill like quite boring like he's a lovely man <laughs> but like you know he got he has a nine to five 
you know, he like listens to the archers. Do you know the archers? Oh yeah. Do you know like that is very run of the mill. It's just isn't it? very like middle class, middle aged, pretty boring. Um, so that would kind of get me in a rage because I'd be like, well, you're just not. You're just seeing him as a blind man. You're not really seeing him. So then, then yeah, I thought maybe I'll just write about this and kind of challenge, challenge the perception a little bit. And tell me about growing up with your dad being blind. Was he blind, like, as far as you can remember? And how did, how, how did it come about? Yes, he, uh, I was born, and I think he saw me when I was born, but then he, he had lost kind of most of his sight. So he, he says he saw me, but I'd say it was probably a blur. And then, well, not, all babies are a blur. Yeah, to be fair, <laughs> yeah, they kind of all the look smudge. the same. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. yeah. And then, not soon after that, he kind of lost all of his sight. So, do you have any younger siblings that you can lord this over? Yes. Okay, good. Like my little sister, I always say to her, like Dad never saw you, and yeah, she, yeah. like when she was younger, she'd get like really, really upset. She'd be like, Dad, Dad see me. I'm like, yeah, but not with his eyes. So <laughs> that's exactly that's exactly <laughs> yeah. what I would do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, so I, I've kind of only ever known him as blind. So I have very little sympathy for him. You know, like when we were in the house and he would like walk into something, we'd be like, oh, like, <laughs> there he goes on. again. Yeah, it's like, you know, that's there, you know, so being so stupid. <laughs> you know, so, so um, yeah, that's kind of the tone of the show as well. It's that kind of um, irreverence. Okay. In a way now I'm like your poor dad. It doesn't sound like he was surrounded by family being like, we'll make your life really easy. You're just like, <laughs> dad's grand and he's blind, but like he's a bit of a head wreck, like everyone's dad. Yes, 100%. 100%. I'm sure you played tricks on your dad, like moving stuff, right? Mm. But have you ever, because I feel like maybe this is my obsession with my looks coming out, right? But if okay, my okay. dad was blind, yeah. I think I'd be like, you know, I look like dad. You know, Helena Christensen, do you remember what she looks like? People tell me I'm a dead ring. Like, I would literally be so full of bullshit. That's amazing. Have you ever, that has that ever ama- occurred to you? Um, so one time at Halloween, me and my friend were like decorating the house. And I was like, I have a really good idea for like to scare all the kids on the street. So we like got all the kids from the street into the house, like all the younger ones. And uh, then we put... This sounds we, illegal. <laughs> probably was. We put cobweb, you know, like the fake cobweb mm-hmm. all over the front door. And we knew like my dad would be home at like six o'clock. So then we were like, we like really like built up. We were like, and now, you know, the beast is coming. You know, so, so like in walks my dad at like six o'clock with the dog and everything. And just like starts tearing down the cobweb. like, what the fuck is and we were like the beast behold <laughs> so we we did uh yeah i've taken advantage of it Your in, poor dad. in those ways i know i know it's been hard for him but what do you think is harder <laughs> like having you doing mm. this kind of shit to him or being blind oh my god oh my god i don't know i think i don't know you'd have to ask him i think uh I think we could have, we probably could have like been more uh, sympathetic, maybe. We were always just annoyed that he'd like, because we'd leave our school bags at the front door and he'd actually walk in like the front door and be like, you do, you do know I'm blind. Like he would like shout that at us. And we'd be like, oh. Like you're ruining my day, Dad. Shut up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> and what did, what did you think when you were a kid? Because I feel mm. like kids can kind of be assholes. And were you embarrassed or were, were other kids, did other kids say things? Do you know what I mean? Um, like about dad? Um, 
kids are good because kids say like like younger kids will say like oh they just ask the questions like how does he do the ironing how does he make Mm -hmm. tea how does like like kids would i know kids have like walked up to him and been like is the is the dog blind as well you know because they just are quite innocent about it um so no i never there's never been hassle from kids i would have been like very embarrassed when i was a teenager it was just like because i was already like i was a very shy teenager like covered in acne i was like my life is hard enough without people knowing that my dad is blind so but at least you couldn't see your acne yeah you could just pretend <laughs> you could be like dad i have the best skin ever you've no idea you have no idea how good looking i am <laughs> my skin is so smooth no no don't feel it just just believe me yeah um did you face any resistance to the idea of making a play out of your dad's blindness if you know what i mean yeah in the same way that I think, say, if your dad was a wheelchair user yeah. and you were doing a play about it, people might be a bit like, that's not your disability, that's not your story. Yeah, totally. There is the whole thing, like, it's like, not with, you You can't do it without me. I forget the slogan, but it's like, uh, not about me without me, something like that. Um, so there is the worry, like, that people might come and go, well, that actor playing your dad in the show isn't uh, blind. So there's that whole thing, but I just feel it's just like PC words and that kind of thing about actors. Like, you know, the whole Scarlett Johansson thing mm-hmm. where she was playing the transsexual and now she's had to pull out and now that film won't go ahead, you know? So. Yeah. So, but I mean, from that one, I think that's kind of on the back of her doing Ghost in the Shell, which yeah. I know you can oh, argue yeah. it was manga and like in the in the actual comic book strip as well. It was an Asian character, but she was a bot, so she didn't necessarily look Asian. So there was a whole argument that like, she didn't really need to look Asian, even though she was ethnically yes. Asian. So it was after that. And then I think when she was then brought to do it, to be a transgender person, it was like another one yeah. by her. Yeah. Because nobody really cared when uh, your man from my so-called life, Jared Leto, yeah. when he played a transgender person and didn't he win an Oscar for it? Yeah. Nobody really minded. But I yeah. feel like with, with ScarJo, it's like people are... Scar- yeah. Scarjo, my friend, who knows her really well. I feel like people are just a bit sick of her shit. A bit, but fair you enough. You know, like, like it's not her fault. I feel like it's a casting director thing, but that's a total tangent. Yeah. No, totally. I've, I've totally forgotten the question now. What was no, it? No, no, no. So we were but, talking about like, did you face resistance to the idea of kind of making a piece, like making a bit yes. out, of, out of your dad's blindness? Yes, there was. There, yeah, there was a li- like a little bit of resistance. Um, but... The way I see it is because I've grown up with it and I have such, um, I feel like I'm an extension mm. of that it's the blindness your story in too. a way. Yeah, because yeah. I, like, you know, one of my struggles was that whenever I was seven, I would be really embarrassed because I would guide dad to school. And then like walking up to the school, like everyone would stare at us or people would stare at us on the street because it's just like a weird thing to see, you mm-hmm. know, like a child like guiding a grown man mm-hmm. so I said to dad I don't want to guide you anymore because it's embarrassing and then I did come round and said it's not embarrassing anymore but I do feel like that's such a we have you know your father is such a close relationship to you that I do mm-hmm. very much feel that you know that I'm like an extension of the disabled family in that way yeah and that I kind of want to be the bridge to go it's okay to you know use derogatory terms around um people with disability and talk about it and debate it and be wrong or be right but like let it yeah. let it be spoken about as opposed to going oh god there's a blind man i better not say blind and i and i better not yeah. say um, or like i better not say isn't that a lovely shade of red and they'll be like yeah. oh, 
Yeah. Can't see it. Yeah, totally. Because then you're you're cutting you're cutting off the relationship and the connection and, and so much of like that just normal human interaction. Mm. So it just makes the person with a disability feel more isolated. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess I mean on the being embarrassed to walk to school with them thing, it's just that you didn't realise we were all embarrassed being dropped at the school by our parents. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? That we were yeah. all going like drop me down the street. I don't want anybody <laughs> to look at it. You know what I mean? Like yeah. my dad um is is fully sighted, bless him, and also very middle of the road. Well, yeah, quite middle of the road. But mm. he drove this camper van that he converted himself, this old Volkswagen van. So it was green and had a white roof. And when I was about eight, he had let myself and my sister paint sunshine onto the windows. But then by the time I got to secondary school, yeah. and he would occasionally drop me to school in this van, and yeah. I'd literally be like, I want to kill myself. And drop <laughs> me around the corner a mile down the road. And I was not yeah. a child who enjoyed walking. So yeah. that was a big concession that I was like, drop yeah. me miles away and I'll just walk to school. Yeah, 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 yeah. Totally. Totally. It is. No, it is. It's so, it is so normal to be embarrassed by your parents, to be like, oh my God, why did I get lumbered with you? Yeah. <laughs> be more cool. <laughs> um, so on the, like, on the subject of kind of approaching this irreverently, mm. did you feel... Because obviously you you could have done a play called My Dad's Blind and you could have made it very straight and very sympathetic and very, here's the story of how my dad went blind and how we dealt with it. Yeah. That's not what this is. No. And was that important to you? Yes. Tell yes. me more. Uh, <laughs> no, yes. We're <laughs> finished. Next question. <laughs> um... Uh, because I don't think it's going to it's going to evolve the debate, and I don't think that it's going to make people with uh, blindness, in particular, feel more like it, everything is more inclusive. Like the whole point of me being irreverent and kind of saying darker things, and th- you know, the darker thoughts that people have, you know, because mm-hmm. you like you might see somebody with a disability and go, "Thank God I don't have that disability." you know, I have a better life than them because I don't have that physical disability or whatever it is. But um, all you're seeing there is the person's disability, not their personality. Mm -hmm. So like if you went blind and I went blind, we would deal with it in two totally different ways because we're different people. And I think that that's where the focus needs to be as opposed to on if you have a disability, it's just awful, you know? So Mm. me saying all of the dark stuff I'm hoping will sort of start a conversation around what can you say what can't you say what do you think of that what do you how do you feel about disability or kind of keeping it sort of conversational and fun and uh, sparky as opposed to being like well let's talk uh, you know really seriously about disability rights mm-hmm. because like at the end of the day nobody wants to hear like of course people want to hear about that but generally people go oh you know I, I'll just read the Daily Mail do you know or <laughs> you know I'll just like Instagram on whereas if I yeah. can like infiltrate the Instagram <laughs> or like make give it the kind of like Kardashian wash or yeah, something. Yeah we'll kind of inject it with entertainment so it's not a worthy exploration of disability yes yeah. yeah exactly like a fun funny piece of theater exactly and people can then you know challenge uh, challenge people with disability planning for your next trip elevate your travel style with quince quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway like european linen premium luggage options buttery soft italian leather bags and so much more 
and it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. In the room and go, mm. you know, because... How do you iron your clothes? Yeah, how do you do that? Or Does he just not bother? I've often wondered that about <laughs> people. No, but I mean, I've often thought, like, if I was blind... Well, actually, probably not if you if you go blind. Maybe yeah. if you're blind forever, yeah. you just be like, I don't care what I wear because I have no concept of what it looks like, obviously. Yeah. But then if you go blind, maybe you remember that you're like, I used to love ironing my slacks. You Does see, he care about this is another This is another argument that I have is, is that I, I really feel and I used to always say to my dad, I'm like, you already are at a disadvantage with how people are judging you because they're already going to assume a whole load of vulnerable shit oh. about you because you're blind. So I was like, Dad, you need to look really good all the time. And I would like... It's a lot of pressure. Totally. I mean, Poor he, Dad. <laughs> he's, see, the thing is, is he's quite, he's quite vain anyway. So he kind of... Oh my God, what a potent combination. <laughs> I know, it's so weird. <laughs> but like he takes like pride in his appearance. And the thing is, is people do judge you on what you wear and what you look mm, like. Of course, yeah. And it's not that there's a certain way that you need to look, but be proud of whatever way that it is that you choose to dress. And don't assume that people are, uh, don't assume that by ignoring that you're, uh, you're just being, you know, noble and not vain. And, you know, those are the lower kind of, um, I don't know what word, but like, I think you should just have a strength of personality and that should be enough. Yeah, that you somehow, because you have a disability, you're in some way elevated from the like everyday regular yeah. concerns of a, a society and culture that is yeah. very visual. Yeah, but the thing and you're is, you're not. Yeah, people want to people want to be attractive to other people. You you want people to find you attractive. I mean, obviously, like everybody has different um, measures what, of what, measures of what of, that means. Of, of yeah. what that means, but like, I think that like your sexuality is such a foundation of who you are and how you put that across and. So does your dad like the feel of a nicely ironed shirt? Uh, Yeah, he's a very like organised, neat man. Does he iron his own clothes? Yes, he does. By touch then, obviously, that's interesting. Yes, by the heat. Oh, I was thinking more he'd like feel for the wrinkles. But also the heat, yeah. The heat, the heat is the the, the thing. And then he he does the thing with tea. The same thing with tea. So he'll put his finger on the mug until the hot water hits his finger. Oh. Because he can't measure it by like sound. Yeah. Loads of magic. Oh my god, like loads of shit you just would not think about. Like we can go through the list. Yeah. Does he have a dog? Yes. Oh good. He has a dog. Yeah. Um. And then my my final question, not in the podcast, but yeah, my final nosy question about your dad being blind. Yeah. Do you like you know the way you're not supposed to pet service dogs in public? Can you yeah. pet the dog at home? Oh yeah. I oh mean, thank God. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, that'd just be so weird to live with the dog you couldn't rub. Oh my god. No. <laughs> No, I mean, like to a fault, because the thing is with the dogs is like every dog we've had doesn't want to go to work. 
Like as soon as the harness comes out, they like run <laughs> away. They run away <laughs> from the helpful. harness. Yeah, they're like, no, I don't want to do that. <laughs> Just like humans or something. Um, oh, yeah, but, but they the don't do- get paid. They don't even get paid. I mean, let's talk about dog rights. Well, I'm actually very relieved though that they at least get rubbed at home. Yeah, no, 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 they totally do. But I mean, um, the thing is, is there are certain rules that we like that my dad would always get onto us about, like. We can't, like, give the dog, like, treats. Oh, yeah. And, like, if we're, like, feeding him, there's, like, a certain way you have to feed him. Like, you have to get the dog to sit. And, like, if we take the dog for a walk, he's like, we make sure you get the dog to sit at the curb and everything. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, like, that's their training. That's important. Yeah, but we just ignore Because you could kill your... Oh. We ignore all of it. Oh. Yeah, so then it was just... that was Yeah. What? What if you kill your dad? What if, what if your dad, like, gets run over because you bitches didn't make the dog sit down at the curb? Oh, my God, that actually happened. He got knocked down. That, like... Do you think it was your fault now in hindsight? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Maybe because you guys have not been disciplining the dog. <laughs> oh, my God, this is... I love this. This is so dark. But maybe... Oh, my God, I'm trying to think how that happened. The dog... Did the dog well, no. get hit as In well? fairness, no, no, no. Dog didn't get hit. Just I my mean, dad. My dad got hit. Your poor dad. By a, truck, like... by a bread truck. Like a really slow moving bread truck. <laughs> so brutal. Like, how did the bread truck not see him? To be fair. I know. And that was the whole thing. In the court. In the court. Yeah. But uh, yeah, then he got. Yeah. And then after that, the dog had a stroke. And I think it was from the stress. I'd say. Yeah. That dog was like, I should have seen that slow moving <laughs> bread truck coming. <laughs> I'm the one who can see the guilt. <laughs> I know the guilt. Did the dog die? Then it has to be put down. Like, yeah, but like oh. we we I know we we kept on like we held on to him for a long time because I mean he had so many problems. He had like epilepsy before he had the stroke. <laughs> Did he have epilepsy before the bread truck? Yeah, before before the bread truck, he had epilepsy. So then he had the stroke. So then one half one half of his face would droop down like oh, no. a person. Um, that had a stroke, yeah. Surely an epileptic dog is not that great <laughs> as a, like, a guide dog. <laughs> I was like... I mean... Totally know what you mean. But we didn't know... We didn't know he had epilepsy till he had been, like, acclimatised. Oh my god! So like the guide dog people gave him to us without him, without them knowing that he had it. I mean, it's rare for a dog to have epilepsy. Mm. So like sometimes we'd be walking down the street and the dog would like have an epileptic attack on the high street. So we'd have to like be like, oh, Elagi's having an epileptic attack. <laughs> we need. To, Do you think that's we need what to, happened like, before we, the bread truck? Yeah, we but we we would have to position him on his side so he didn't swallow his tongue. Like all that, like Just like a spoon in his mouth. <laughs> But like it was weird because it it became like normal then because um, we were, oh, I'm having, having an vision. epileptic I'm attack. I'm having this vision, again. right? Of you guys all walking down the street, the dog having an epileptic attack. Your dad is walking off into the distance, and you all being like, "Quick, put the dog on his side." That's your dad's like, "Hello, hello." Oh my god, that's a lot to deal with. Yeah, it's a lot, but you know. That's why you got to keep, you know, you got to, you got to have a laugh. You got to have a laugh. Yeah, you got to laugh at it. Otherwise, sounds like you did. Well, yeah. Except for poor laddie. Poor laddie. Poor laddie. Like he was so stressed. Like yeah, he didn't last for that life. Mm. <laughs> um. <laughs> anyway, I was going to yeah. ask very uh, 
insensitively has your dad seen the play yet but what I mean is has your dad heard the play yet oh yeah but you can totally say seen I mean oh yeah okay well, another blind person might be like don't like, you dare but yeah yeah well you know who I saw yesterday yeah I would just say that to him yeah yeah, yeah. but like what again. did he think of it were there, were there any moments where he was like no take that out oh okay so I read him a really early draft like a year ago but like that was a really tame draft and I only read him a few sections um, so at that stage, he was like, yeah, totally. I'm really flattered that you've written this play about Uh-oh. me. This is great. So like now, I, pff, God knows, I could become estranged, you know. So he, he, he hasn't heard it in its current iteration? No, he hasn't. Are you going to surprise him when it comes out? Yeah, like I'm, like I'm, I'm nervous. That's <laughs> yeah. I'm nervous for you. Yeah, thanks. Um, could we go back a bit to how how do you even go about getting a play in the fringe? That's that's kind of incredible. Like yeah. what was your route to here? Um well basically so the show is Arts Council funded and I applied with the show uh before I knew we got the Arts Council funding. And then there was some sort of curatorial overlaps last year when I applied. So I actually didn't get in last year and then I got the Arts Council funding and then I got in this year okay so um so this has kind of been brewing a little bit longer than it would have yeah it's been brewing for for a while yeah which is a good thing probably makes it better yeah yeah because I I did a like development workshop and that draft was just like so sentimental and like it was a trocarad which is not my style no (laughs) at all um so it, it it was a good thing that it got extended in a big way. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, how do you apply? You just do the application. But I mean, online. did you do theatre? Like, do you have a background in in theatre? A background in playwriting? Yeah, I mean, I'm mainly an actor. I've done some directing. Um, I've like helped to write shows before. Okay. So this wasn't your first rodeo, really? Not really. Your first solo. Yeah, my first endeavor. solo. Yeah, my first solo. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Mm. Um, and what's what's comes after my dad's blind or are you like are you just focusing on this or do you have an idea of what you're what you're going to do next well like <clears throat> I I would love for this show to tour you know because I would just love to get people's reactions to it you know and I like liked the conversation that I hope that will be had to be had like everywhere mm. um, yeah I'd love to see like what like American audiences did with it or just to see what it does to people because I know that some like some of it is quite dark you know and it's you know I'm nervous about it because a lot of people might not like some of the things that I say but I like my intentions are very clear and I feel it's necessary and I'm not like just doing it to shock Mm -hmm. Um, so that's what I'd like to happen afterwards I mean I I'm directing a, a show for the Bram Stoker festival that's running around Halloween isn't it yeah yeah I haven't started on you it. You haven't no. started into that yet? No, no Okay, no. okay. No, yeah. Thank you so much for coming on the pod. Thank you. That it's, was... it's been a pleasure. Yeah. It's been a lover, lover laugh. <laughs> um, how can people get in touch with you or follow your work? Are you on Twitter? Are you on Instagram? Are you on Facebook? Okay, so I'm on Instagram. You can follow me personally on Anna Shields McNamee or you can follow at my dad's blind uh, for all the information on the show. I, I'm on Twitter, but I don't use it. You don't even lurk? I don't even lurk. I just, Instagram's so addictive. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it is very addictive. Yeah. Although I did put up a photograph today, I think I got, like, I have something like 42,000 followers. I'm like, have you? Something like, 
On 42.2 or yeah. No, no, on Instagram. Oh, on Instagram. Wow, and that's brilliant. I put it, yeah, I'm, well, I know. And I put a picture today and got like 110 likes. Oh, so that's bad. It's very bad. Oh, wow. Now, so what, how many likes would you usually get? Well, it depends. Sometimes I put up like, if I put up something with a, with a meaningful caption about how I'm feeling. Yeah. That usually does quite well. Not to sound like super cynical about yeah, exploiting yeah, yeah, yeah. my own mental health, but you no, know, because no. I, I've like, I've talked a lot about mental health. So if I put up something about how I'm doing, how I'm feeling, how I'm coping, yeah. that does very well. If I put up something incredibly beautiful, okay, which is rare, I'm not a great photographer, yeah. that does very well. Yeah. And then sometimes random, like I'll put up a meme or I'll put up a, I put up one where it was like, you know, answer this, you'll get your epitaph if you say like, here lies Rosemary McCabe, she was, and then you just press the center predictive text thing. Oh yeah. And so loads of people did that and they were like, oh, this is hilarious because, you know, like actually was quite, quite hilarious. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. think mine said like, she was, she was a good friend and I love her. <laughs> so nice. <laughs> so it totally depends. But the That's one I put so up nice. today was of like three cute little pigeons and they had cute little, little furry, furry feathers. And I said something like, today I like perved on these pigeons like I was in Trafalgar Square in the 90s, which I thought was kind of funny. Oh, I like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. No, no because interest. The, because the pigeons aren't there anymore. I know, exactly. That's the thing. Exactly. And I liked it because it was a little turquoise fence in the back and that kind of went with the previous picture I'd put up with had some turquoise in it. And will that Anyways. stop you now from doing pi- like those kind of posts? I was well, going to say pigeon posts, I, but... Uh, <laughs> I shan't, I shan't repeat my early morning pigeon experiment. <laughs> But I will, I will prevail. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I will. Yeah. So you're Anna Shields McNamee on Instagram. Don't mm-hmm. bother on Twitter. Also mm-hmm. at my dad's blind mm-hmm. on Instagram. Yeah. And I will hopefully see you at the play in the project upstairs in the Project Arts Centre. Yeah. Thank you so you much will. for coming on the podcast. Thank you. Anna's play, My Dad's Blind, is running during this year's Dublin Fringe Festival. There's a preview on September 18th, and the play then runs from September 19th to 22nd upstairs in the Project Arts Centre. For tickets, see fringefest.com. And How To Be Sound will be back in your app in a fortnight's time. In the meantime, please, please take three minutes to rate and review the podcast on iTunes. I promise this is not just an exercise in ego stroking. It helps boost the podcast in the charts, and it may even help other people discover and enjoy it too. Imagine how sad their lives are now when they haven't got this in their lives. My producer is Liam Garrity, whose own podcast is called Meet Your Maker and features stories from the people who make the things we love. And you can find out more about that at meetyourmaker.ie. How To Be Sound is supported by Shuppa Ella, your one-stop shop for pre-loved high-end goods. Check out their selection at shuppaella.com. And finally, as I said at the beginning, you can support the podcast by signing up to my Patreon at patreon.com slash rosemarymccabe. In fact, it's one of the soundest things you could do. Plus... I've even started sharing chapters from a novel I've been working on with patrons, mostly because I'm not really brave enough to put it all the way out there yet. So that's just one of the perks of patronage. And another perk is that you get exclusive mini-sodes. And yet another perk is that at the $3.33 level or higher, you get your name read out at the end of every podcast. So without further ado, I would like to thank Avril Flynn, Timmy Hennessy, Sarah Conroy, Kira McGuinness, Eleanor Farrell, Heidi Gardner, Sarah Hanrahan, Marina Hogan, Ashling Dollard, Sinead Fegan, Breed Gallagher, Sonia Mary, Michelle Barrett, James Gallagher, Sarah McCann, Anya Kelly, Sarah O'Donovan, Claire Gormley, Jill Murray, Sarah Breen, Roisin Blade, Louise White, Owen D, Carly Colgan Bates, Aoife Connolly, Kira Byrne, Dervla Kinsella, Eving McBride, Neve Nigan. Aoife Bradley, Katie Joy, Sharon Lennon, Claire Hegarty, Trisha O'Sullivan, Shauna O'Hara, Katrina Kennelly, Sharon, Marita Leonard, Aoife Campbell, Joanne, Kira Norton, Stephen Harding, Karen Cregan, and Dina Walker. Thank you all so much for listening, and I'll catch you next time. 
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.